Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte County Unified School District. My name is Jeff Harris. I'm the superintendent of schools for Del Norte County. And today we're going to take a little bit different track because we've been talking quite a bit about COVID, about um, uh, the new election model that we have going. But uh, today we want to start looking at some things that folks in our community are going to be hearing a lot about over the next three months. Uh, and that is, um, or those are, that is, those are, um, our LCAP and a whole host of new state required plans um, that we'll be putting together and inviting our community to be a part of. So um, just in way of introduction and to kind of uh, set the stage, um, the LCAP, if you recall, uh, stands for Local Control and Accountability Plan. The LCAP was really brought into play in 2013, 2014, uh, after the big uh, economic downturn, when money started to come back into schools under Governor Brown, there was a big push for what they call local subsidiarity. And that really was um, a $5 word way of saying school boards and local jurisdictions should have say in how money was being expended uh, to support students. Um, so really, it, it took almost... 40 different what they called categoricals, very specific pots of money, brought them all under two real, really big headings. One of those is the um, kind of the general fund, the, the, the LCFF, local control funding formula, that forms the base of what we um, get to operate schools. The second pool of money, though, was what was called the supplemental and concentration grant. Supplemental and concentration grant um, for each student who met one or more of the criteria, either as an English learner, low income, or foster student, um, generated a little bit extra funding because more services were required to meet the needs of that student. If you had particular concentrations of students that met one or more of those requirements, you got a little bit of extra funding because now the the issue that needed to be addressed was more pervasive throughout the district. Um, that relatively, or that lasted a relatively, I'm going to say in, in education, a short amount of time. And what we've seen since 2013-14 is more and more restrictions, more and more requirements around this money that is impacting more and more really the ability to have true local control and what started out as what was supposed to be an eight to ten page lcap so that the community could read relatively a short document and say oh that's what my school district is doing has now become hundreds of pages uh, in some cases we we know of districts that are up to almost 500 pages for their lcaps now so joining me today are Jeff Napier, our Assistant Superintendent for Business Services. Good morning. And Tom Kissinger, Assistant Superintendent for Student Services. Uh, good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd catch Jeff on that. I was going to say, they're on different sides of the table right now, so you know you kind of have two different time zones. So, uh, so Tom, LCAP, we, we've seen LCAP continuously since, like I said, 13, 14. Um, You've got a lot of LCAP meetings coming up. What What's this LCAP season going to look like for you and for our community? Well, um, the 
the LCAP schedule of meetings um, is going to look like first a review of the programs and services that were funded in the current LCAP, the 21-22 LCAP, and and really a deep dive into what have been, what those services have been, how much um, services and resources have cost, and then probably most importantly, a look at the progress that our students and staff have made towards uh, meeting the goals of the LCAP. So I'll give you one for example. Uh, one would be academic achievement. Um, how have our, we, we, we have a lot in goal number one, we have four LCAP goals in, in the Del Norte County Unified School District. Under those four goals, we have about 30 different services. The first goal is improve academic achievement. Well, what people are going to get a look at is we've made significant investments in program services and resources to improve academic achievement. So now we're more than halfway into the year. We're going to take a really close look at what academic achievement is looking like after the first half of the year and the progress we've made. So, Tom, isn't that going to be a little bit, I think for a lot of our folks, maybe counterintuitive because with COVID, last year, um, students were only coming to school at most two times per day in person, right? The other three were, were virtual, or they could have been all distance learning. This year, they've been in school in person, but, you know, we know that, you know, I, I think probably the the example I continue to use is a second grade student who started this year in person full time. The last time they were in a full time class, they were in kindergarten. So how how are you going to explain or, or what what metrics are we going to be talking about when we talk about academic progress? Because if a, if a child walks in the door and makes one year of growth this year, but started the year maybe at a mid kindergarten level, what what should our community really kind of expect to see, or, or just maybe what metrics are we going to be using? Sure. First of all, that's a great question because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering. Yeah, I mean, we have we 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 got a waiver from using the standardized state standardized testing program last year. We used a different type of assessment, um, but what one of the one of the investments that our school district has made in 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 terms of utilizing the LCAP has been in a program called iReady. iReady is a, an assessment and, um, and, and intervention program for students. And it really, um, the, the diagnostic part of that program, and all of our students are using it in grades K through eight. Mm -hmm. And what the diagnostic does is it lets you get a really good look into how a student has made progress on the current year's grade standards. And students take that diagnostic three times a year. So they've already taken it twice. And yes, um, it, there, there is, it's very difficult to gauge the extent to which students have progressed with learning loss. Uh, but with a program like iReady, we're actually able to get a pretty good indicator mm -hmm. of the progress students have made this year towards the standards at their grade this year. Well, that's pretty cool. So... Um so what what else would you like to add kind of about what the LCAP is going to look like this spring? Yeah. Or LCAP development, I should say. So the LCAP development, what's really, really important is that we work with our stakeholder groups, or we call them, we call them now our educational partner groups. Mm -hmm. And 
Each of those groups meets about three or four times in the development of the LCAP. First, we go over how we're doing in the current year, and then we really look at getting input into what types of investments are we going to make with, are we going to make any changes? Is there anything that we've invested in that we haven't seen progress? And remember, we each LCAP cycle is a three-year plan. Right. So when we make those plans, we sort of look at what's it going to look like for about three years. So if we're going to make any changes, mm -hmm. there has to be a real reason to go off the course that we're on currently. Well, because some of those changes are also going to mean personnel changes, right? They would. Yeah. And and it's not that often that if we're moving in a direction where we've actually made an investment in either classified or certificated personnel or both, that we would veer off that course before the three years. Mm -hmm. We really want to give it give the LCAP that amount of time to determine whether or not whatever our investments have, especially in human resources, have made progress. Right. Well, and I think a thing to really keep in mind is a three-year plan is a three-year plan. But institutionally, in order to really see a change in culture and a change in direction and long-term outcomes, you're really looking more at a five- to seven-year commitment. So, you know, I think that it's really important that as we talk about the LCAP, uh, the folks understand that when you look at some components, and I'll use counseling as an example, um, seven, eight years ago, uh, there were a couple, a few counselors that were included in the LCAP, and now between the LCAP and some other funding that we have, um, we've got quite a few more, right? We have, we're almost close to having, well, we have a few more counselors at our, our, at our high school, middle school, K through eight, but we are now almost close to having a counselor at every single one of our schools. And that's that's pretty extraordinary because our counselors do some excellent work. And counseling techs. And our counseling and, techs, and, yeah. And classified support staff for counseling. So it's it's grown quite a bit. And that I think that's all been an outcome of what's happened in the LCAP. Well, I'd also like to mention a couple other positions. Um, in addition to our counselors, counseling techs, adding more school psychologists, more health staff too, yep. we've also been able to hire, or, or we now have library staff, li we, we have librarians at every single one of our schools who are there almost full time. We've also been able to, we have functioning libraries at every one of our schools. And I would encourage uh, anyone who's listening to this is, Go to your local school and check out your library because as a result of the LCAP, we have kids checking out books. We have uh, programs in our libraries. We have all sorts of things happening that maybe weren't happening years and years ago. And But but our libraries have become a great place for, for literacy development. So that's another function of a library. We have family liaisons now mm -hmm. at most of our schools who are, when, when students are absent, they're making those calls, they're checking in with those families, um, they're providing more support. But what you see with all these human resources are people working together with teachers and classified staff and administrators to make a difference and make school a place where people want to be and, and where, where kids want to go. And, and I think it's really important to say that all of those things that we just talked about and many, many, many more were all the direct result of families and community members and staff saying, you know, it would be great if we had this. So many of these things happened because of the input at these community meetings. Right. Um, and that's where we get the most most important information. And people will say, 
well, I don't know. Are you really taking this input and, and doing anything with it? Well, we have library staff at all of our schools specifically because of what we heard at, at, at some of these community meetings. And I think if folks haven't taken the time to kind of read through the LCAP, at the very beginning of the LCAP, it actually has to say, what was your stakeholder input and how did it influence the development of the LCAP? So that's actually part of the plan. Yeah, it's a required part of the plan. So you have to you have to make sure that you've documented what the input was and the impact that it had. Right. And that wasn't part of the program back in 1314. No. When the LCAP template was a Word document with a couple of vertical and horizontal lines that you had to fit some things through. Yeah, I think the first one I ever wrote was like maybe 10 or 12 pages. And that was, you know, I, and at that point... I was just at a small school district and, you know, it was okay. So here's roughly what it looks like. But, you know, as, as you and Jeff work together, Jeff, what is our roughly, what's our supplemental and concentration portion each year? It's about 6 million. It's about 6 million. So our LCAP has historically really only focused on that 6 million, right? Specifically, how are we serving our uh, low income English learner and foster youth and the state's now expanded that to homeless youth as well. Um, but, you know, as, as we kind of look at some of these um, different pieces, Jeff, how, how intertwined within the LCAP are some of these other budget considerations and some of these other funding sources? Well, I think especially uh, since Tom's come on board, we've really looked at the LCAP as a uh, as a guide to the services that we're providing district-wide. And mm -hmm. so we've really been putting, well, we, we show in our LCAP different uh, pots of money, different, we call them resources, right. uh, for kind of an overall plan for the district. And so we don't just focus just on the supplemental concentration, as uh, Tom could attest to, that our LCAP includes a lot of other resources. Because the LCAP originally was, what services are we providing? We had to quantify them. Right. But it was it's a service plan. It was the local control where the local school board and the community could say, these are the services that our kids need. Then we would write a plan to address those services, and we would show how much money we were spending on that plan to address mm -hmm. those services. So you were here before I came, when the LCAP first kind of popped up. And um, can can you give a little history on where the LCAP has come? Because when my understanding was when the LCAP first popped, uh, there were about 40 community meetings that resulted in an LCAP in some way, shape, or form at that point. We are where we, well, I was going to say we are where we were. We were where we were about two years ago with the LCAP before COVID hit. Um, but now there's been another shift. So um, we, I'll just maybe maybe back up a bit. So my understanding was there were about 30 or 40 public meetings that resulted in an, an initial LCAP that met the state requirements, but may have been a little fragmented. Correct. Um, when the LCAP first came about in 1314, it was brand new. The The whole idea of you mentioned the term subsidiarity, which is what Governor Brown called it. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea that local school boards and the community should have a major say in how funding is spent in their districts. That was new to education because prior to that, we had a lot of our funding came from what are called categoricals, where you get a specific amount of money that has to be used on a specific thing. The state gives you the money. They tell you how you have to use it. That the first couple of years of LCAP, it was lots of community input and it was 
kind of a wish list of we just we heard this from the community we heard this it wasn't a, a galvanized plan of what services can we provide with specific outcomes right um, it's grown over the years to where we're really identifying the outcomes and how are we going to be assessing if we met those outcomes but the first couple of years it was throughout the entire state we didn't really know what we how to do it we took a lot of community input and we put things down on paper right well, and as we got better at it, I mean, we, we actually got down to the point where in that, in the, I'm going to use the term old, and we'll talk about why that's, why I said that here in a minute. In the old LCAP template, um, we got down to the point where we were actually identifying position numbers, where that position was at, the the cost of that position, both for benefits and for salary and what resource, what, what funding um resource that 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 position was being taken out of so that we were as transparent as possible um and maybe tom you can talk about this here in just a minute um but that model where we tried to be that transparent the state came in and did us another favor this is we're in the eighth year ninth year of lcap something like that and within that same amount of time we're now on the fourth or fifth lcap template so the template's going to change again um but jeff it's not just the lcap anymore either right you've got a whole bunch of other plans you've got to deal with correct um when uh, governor brown left office and uh, governor newsom came in um the funding model started to change in california uh, from where the majority of any new monies were going to local control funding formula so that the local uh, board and community could have a say in how it was spent, they started bringing back categoricals. And they've been coming back for about four years now. Um, but what we've really seen since COVID and the influx of a lot of more federal money into education and a lot more state money into education, the majority of all new monies coming to education are now categoricals. But these are the new categoricals. So they've adopted the LCAP process of public input and uh, plans and board approval of all these plans for the, each of these specific pots of money. And so we have basically many LCAPs for individual pots of money that are now outside of the LCAP, although we are including them in our LCAP because we're viewing our LCAP as a single plan for our entire district. Right. Well, I, I just go back because I think all three of us, when we started our admin <laughs> careers, um, in, in our budget classes, they when they talked about funding, uh, a big chunk of it was, all cat, uh, was about categoricals. Um, I remember one of the first books that I ever had when I was a vice principal and I was taking a look, there was a book that must have been two to 300 pages long, and it was just an explanation from School Innovations and Advocacy about each categorical, what it could be spent on, what it couldn't be spent on, what the resource had to be, the you know description of it. And in some ways, that's kind of where we're going back. It's not as specific as the school and library block grant. But what are some of the categoricals or some of these new, what we'll call them funding resources, because nobody at the state yet is calling them categoricals. They're trying to avoid that terminology. But but what are the the new funding resources that we have to plan for? Uh, well, the, there's a big one that's called the Expanded Learning Opportunities Program, which will be expanding after school programs uh, throughout the state uh, that has some additional restrictions on it that are that we currently don't have on our after-school programs. There's the Universal TK Transitional Kindergarten Initiative. Uh, there's CSI, which 
I can't remember what CSI stands uh, for. Comprehensive, comprehensive School Improvement. Uh, ESSER, we still have to do plans for ESSER, which is the federal COVID money. There's now a new um, high school A through G plan that has to, uh, money and a plan that has to be done. Um, and there are some others. I just can't remember all of them right at the moment. Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest complaints that we've all had, and we were just talking about it before we started recording, was it's getting to the point where all of the time that is really, you guys spend most of your time meeting with stakeholders, coordinating budgets, coordinating services, and especially in the spring, we're writing these plans. And we actually have about 10 to 12 educational partner groups in our community that we need to work with. So it's, it's, um, it's a lot. Well, and, and that's just for the LCAP, even though we do ask them these other questions too. But Tom, I, you know, as we do roll into LCAP season, who are some of those groups and, and what are some of the dates that are coming up that folks need to be aware of? So what I want to first focus on is what's coming up right in front of us this week and next week. We have our District English Language Advisory Council, which is going to meet next Monday, the 28th, from 6 to 7 p.m. And I'm really excited because we're going to actually be in person and on Zoom. So this is going to be in the district boardroom, um, but also available on Zoom. We have our District Advisory Council, um, which is going to meet tomorrow evening uh, via Zoom, Wednesday, February 23rd. And those are uh, representatives from the community and staff who really help us, help guide us in terms of the different programs that we have and funding. And and, and uh, we're going to be discussing it with them uh, coming up next uh, next week. We also are going to have a, a community meeting in uh, Klamath on Tuesday, March 1st from 6 to 7 p.m. That one is scheduled for Zoom in Crescent City on Wednesday, March 2nd, 6 to 7 p.m. And Thursday, March 3rd at Smith River School. Those are all planned for Zoom meetings. And so we're, the the presentation is going to be pretty much the same mid-year LCAP report right. that's been given to the board, giving people a chance to see the progress we're making, get input, and maybe look for um, uh, feedback on how well we're doing. Perfect. So, Tom, is there a central location where folks can get that information? Yes, there is. So if you go to the Ed Educational Services uh, page uh, on the district's website, you'll scroll down and you'll see some information that says LCAP, LCFF, and other plans. And there you can actually access all the work that we're doing on the LCAP for the county and the district. And I think you can also just go to dnusd.org slash LCAP as well, and it'll take you right there. You see, you're a step ahead of me there. <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> and, and, well, that was, that was just a very thorough answer, <laughs> know, right? Yeah, Tom, yeah you, you were getting ready for that whole explanatory thing you have to do in the LCAP. And, and Jeff, so the other part of this too, and I think, you know, as we talk about services, another really important part is to just to kind of let folks know as well that when we start talking too about the governor's budget, proposed budget, when we start putting together the, um, the draft budget for the district, it all has to mirror what's in this LCAP, right? It can't be completely independent. Correct. Uh, Tom and I work very hard together to make sure that what's in the LCAP is reflected in the budget. It has to be. The board has to approve the budget with the LCAP expenditures in it. 
Well, and all these other plans. Yes. So, and and I think what the interesting part is with some of these, so with the LCAP, uh, again, just so that folks know, the budget in the LCAP must be approved by June 30th of each year. Um, and then the any revisions that need to happen in the LCAP and any budget revisions um, then occur, I think budget revisions have to be done by August 15th. LCAP revisions have to be done by September 15th. Um, and some of these other plans we have, even though we may have received the money from the state, we are unable to expend any of those funds until we have a board approved plan. So um, it gets to be, man, it, it, it has gone from very restricted little pots of money to very wide open local control back to this labyrinth of confusion. But the one thing I would say on um, sort of, I think the state has done a pretty good job of putting together a template now that is very accessible. I feel like even though it's long, you can scroll through it and find out where are the accountability sections, where are the goals, where are the actions. Anybody can read it and you can you can find out, you can really be as broad as you want or you can really get granular in terms of looking at the data. So I think the template's come a long way since since when we started nearly eight or nine years ago. Yeah, well, that's that's good to know. And, and so I would just encourage anybody out in the public, um, if you want to join in on the community meetings, we'd encourage you to do so. Again, you can find a list of all those meetings, a list of, and, and access all the LCAP documents at dnusd.org slash LCAP. Uh, Tom, Jeff, thank you for joining me today. We're kind of at the end of our time. All right, thank, thank you for you. having me. And thank you in advance for all the work you're going to be doing over the next few months. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.